I took a piss next to Lorne Michaels <laughs> and uh, and Piper's Alley when he was scouting for Saturday Night Live decades ago, and uh, I knew who he was instantly. And I did the thing you're not supposed to do ever in a bathroom is I I I took a an eye spot of his dick, and he caught me. Good for you. And oh, I just don't That's even know why, why I did it. SNL now. I don't even know what I did, but dick. I looked at his dick and he saw me do it, and I went, oh, and I looked at him and I went. Nice dick. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. This podcast is thematically oriented for the consumption of adults. The following program and its content are brought to you by literateape.com and their affiliates and contain adult content and themes. We advise the listener to consume at their best discretion. A recent documentary by Indian-American stand-up comic Hari Kondabulu. Um, it's called The Problem with Apu. Criticized the character as an example of harmful and widespread stereotyping of South Asians on American television, which, quote, reflected how America viewed us, servile, devious, goofy, unquote, and which has fueled bullying of and racism towards people of color. And he did a documentary. The Simpsons responded to the controversy. Um, essentially, I mean, basically, this is how it describes. Um, Sunday, this is a couple nights ago, Sunday night's episode was No Good Read Goes Unpunished. In the scene, Marge Simpson wants to read Lisa a book she loved when she was a girl, but realizes it is filled with racist stereotypes. She then edits it to feature a cisgender girl named Clara who fights for horse rescue and net neutrality. <laughs> but Lisa complains that by making the story inoffensive and its lead character perfect, Marge has stripped Clara of her emotional journey. Well, what am I supposed to do, Marge asks. Lisa turns to face the, the viewer. It's hard to say. Something that started decades ago and was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do? And then she gestures to a photograph of a poo by her bed inscribed with Bart Simpson's catchphrase, don't have a cow. Yeah. That is... Well, that's just it. I mean, there's... I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Huckleberry Finn. You know, Nigger Jim is like, that's, there was that, you know, years ago, like removing that yep. from the, calling him Slave Jim. And there's yeah. a difference. There's a huge difference. Huge difference between, because he was not a slave. Mm. He was free. That was the whole thing. And Jim, ar ar arguably, is a hero. He he's is. the hero of He's the hero you know, of the book. Of the book. He's not the protagonist, but he's the he's hero. He's the hero, yeah. Yeah. And that's what he was called in that time. And without that, you're reducing the impact and the effect that of this little white kid yeah. making friends and having this hero who is a black guy, yeah. a, a free black man, that's a big deal. If you and suddenly if you take make, that away, it's like, oh, he's just a black If you black suddenly guy? make right. Jim Bagger Vance, you have some right. problems. Right. You know, it's just how that just, And if yeah. he's slave Jim, then what the fuck is he doing out on his own like this? Because yeah. he's a fucking slave. Shouldn't he be getting his ass kicked for doing his own thing? It's not like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast, in at, Breakfast Tiffany's. at Tiffany's. It's you not know, at it's all not like that. But but that's the thing is the strike, this the simplicity of those who are the most angry and distraught and are looking to either get famous or have a voice that they never had or get printed in The Guardian. 
Um, and good for him. Yeah, like, you right know, on. Is, you know. is they're looking for an opportunity. They're, 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 they're striping it in the most broad brush so that, so that it all fits within that, that victim mentality, that rage, that outrage yeah. culture. And if you've got an issue, cool. Write about it, do your documentary, that's fine. Yeah. But understand that this is, you do not make the law now. Well, it's what I love about law. what The Simpsons said was, it's like, we're going we're gonna to deal with it, but chill out. Yeah, eat shit. Yeah, but no, they said don't have a cow. They, I thought yeah. they, I thought. You know, and then there's a lot of people like, oh, it's terrible. No, because that kind of attitude is is to be dismissed on some level. Yeah, the outrage is to be the issue should be dealt with. The right. outrage should be blown off like sand on your fucking car. But it's I don't even waste. know that there's an issue. I mean, what like what is the issue that the Simpsons for twenty eight years? Or it's whatever an offensive you're... character. They shouldn't be doing the character offensively anymore. But who, what makes him offensive? I mean, who's so this one guy thinks it's offensive? Well, so there are one plenty, guy there are plenty for, of Asian Americans that, that that well, I won't say plenty. There is a segment of Asian Americans that find it very beneficial to them in a public media or a media sort of frenzied thing to join in and say, yes, Apu is really highly offensive. I'm pretty sure no one has gotten up in the morning with PTSD because they watched The Simpsons. No. And anybody that did, Darwin, my friend, your TV survival away. of fucking yeah. fitness, it's time <laughs> for you to just croak your ass dead because yeah. you you are not thick-skinned enough to live in the world. Right. I mean... Talk about, oh, like Archie Bunker. How could they have made mm. that television show? It's like, did you watch the television show? Yes, he is a racist, bigoted man. For a reason. But... It th- those shows made very significant points because he looked stupid for doing at it. every turn. That's at the every thing. turn. That's he exactly just, right. Yeah, and that was the point of Norman Lear is a genius. Yeah, and it's unfortunate to me that uh, you know, fifty years after Norman Lear, we could never have one of those things made. Right. I mean, Meathead. Yeah. Right. Like is. Is the righteous person? Yeah. That's the fight. Without like, meathead, you have Bunker no was dealing in what, what year was was on on the family? Uh, seven, right on the family. Right? Isn't that what it? No. What? what the fuck was the show? Archie Bunker. The what first the, one. What was his show? The. Oh. Fuck. The hell is the show? It called? is all in the family. All the family, right? Da 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 da. da. I just remember those yeah. were the days. Um, I mean that. So whatever years that show ran, seventy something to seventy something. Um. That's what we were dealing with in America. Yeah. Was like the dying of the the bigot. Well, or it wasn't the, or the, the dying less, of the, the less bigot. importance. It, of we the were bigots. in the middle. We had just we had just for the first time actually addressed in any kind of substantive fashion. Granted, it was still incomplete and not great, but the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. And we're dealing with Vietnam, and Norman Lear decided he wanted to effectively make a television show about what you could say as an American family today, where you have the old, white, bigoted guy yeah. and his family who's more progressive. Right. And Sounds a lot like the, the Roseanne, the new seasons of, it, the new episodes of Roseanne. It, it does sound a lot like the new, I'm not gonna Just watch Roseanne, as, but I never thought Roseanne was funny, but okay, yeah, well, you know, I love Joe's piece uh, yeah. on Later Day, that yeah. was the Roseanne writer's room, that was actually very funny. No, it was great. There are, two ways, there are two ways to change a culture. Um, one way is to demonstrate the change, right? And to not just say this is this is you know this. Let's have some understanding of where these attitudes come from, and let's just 
show how those attitudes are, are, are old school. Mm -hmm. And then there is what I would call our modern version of the Spanish. You know, everybody's talking about everybody talks about oh, this McCarthyism where it's a witch hunt. No, no, none of this is a witch hunt. None of this is McCarthyism. This is the Spanish fucking Inquisition. Yeah. This is you don't believe the way I do, so we're gonna find a way to fucking torture you, punish you, and make you believe. That's exactly right. And that is a shitty way to change minds because it absolutely doesn't change minds. It right. just destroys lives. Yeah. I used to get stoned a lot. <laughs> um, one of the things that I loved, I loved more than anything else for stone food, was I would get pepperoni, just like sliced pepperonis. Okay. Right? And I'd get a microwavable plate, and I would spread the pepperonis around on the plate in a concentric <laughs> circle. And then I would take a dab of Tabasco and put it at the center of each pepperoni. And I'd stick it in the microwave, and I'd microwave it until they were just fucking rock hard. Yeah. And then I'd eat those. The pepperoni chips. It was, man, I'm telling you, that shit was... <laughs> That was the best. I just got stoned and I got to have a munchie. That was the fucking bomb. Yeah. That's good. Sh that sounds really good. I'm not oh, even a big fan of pepperoni, but that sounds fucking oh, delicious. Oh, so it was the best. It was the best. And drunk food. So what's your drunk food? What's your go-to where you get stoned or you get drunk? What do you eat? What I do mean, you crave? If, if I'm stoned, I'm good for anything. Really? There's yeah, not like, like a, I don't. A, there's not like a, a signature favorite. I don't care. Like I will. I will gorge on a, a a huge bag of arugula just as much as I'll eat. You I know. wouldn't eat a bag of arugula if you held a gun to my head. Oh, arugula's good. Yeah, you like kale too. I do like kale. There's, why don't you just go out and graze, motherfucker? If I could. That's what I'm saying. Um, I just, I don't have the teeth for it. Fair. I think that's they just have to it. be mushy yeah. teeth, don't they? Like yeah, cows, got, don't we've they got too many incisors, teeth? and that's yeah, yeah, like, okay, yeah. right, yeah. Um. But like, uh, Cal can't eat pepperoni chips. Just my not gonna happen. favorite thing when I'm drunk at the end of the, like the end of the night, like uh, I need to yeah. eat. You know, um, I mean, if I'm out, like tacos. Is now it, tacos are now always is it a good Taco Bell or is it just tacos? Because Dana, it's Taco Bell. It, you, you could go to Big Star. You could even yeah. Now, fuck you. She wants the Taco Bell that dog food shit they serve. That's what she wants. I would do Taco Bell, but with my druthers. I'm picante. Okay. And even more so, I'm um, flash taco. Oh yeah, like, yeah, flash taco, the, which is a shittier taco, but it's no, a, but like it's the right shitty the, street, like the crotch, and yeah. that is so good. Those flash tacos are so good. I love that shit. That is I the fucking best love flash goddamn taco. It's the best. Um, picante is my favorite taco joint in town. Yeah. But flash taco, because it's it's closer to where I live right now. Um, flash taco does it, man. All like, right. That place, but. Jack's frozen pizza. Okay. This is also not necessarily a drunk food. It's like it is my drunk food that I can have during the day too. Okay. I fucking love that stuff. All right. But like the way that you gourmet your pepperoni. Yeah. Um, I will gourmet a Jack's frozen pizza. So like, how do you will, gourmet the Jack's? I will frozen put. Pizza? Um, I will slice up tomatoes. Oh, I'll you put some asparagus <laughs> on it. <laughs> Some cayenne pepper, some garlic, you know, some uh, garlic powder. It's like uh, a ratatouille oh yeah. of frozen pizza. To me, the Jack's frozen pizza is but a canvas. Yes, it is. Yeah. And then I go all fucking, you know, Picasso on that shit. And, oh, man. See, my drunk food, and it's and it's almost like it's, it's like I'm a glutton for punishment or something. Because if I'm really hammered, and I mean, like, really hammered, and I, I've done this a long time, but it was a thing in college, and actually when I first came to Chicago, I did this when I was single and living alone and, you know, is, I don't even know what to call it, trash chili. 
is <laughs> you get a you get a brick of Philadelphia cream cheese. Uh-huh. Okay, boom. And then you get a can of Hormel chili with beans. Okay. You get an onion. You get a bunch of cheddar, like a ba- one of those bags of shredded cheddar mm-hmm. cheese, right? Dump all of that into a microwavable bowl. <laughs> you in the microwave, man. I mean, oh yeah. I, yeah. Fucking, I, was, you know. I mean, <laughs> we're talking the brick of cream cheese, chili, chopped onion, and just a fucking ton of cheddar cheese. Stick it in the microwave and just fucking wave it until it is a molten mess. <laughs> <laughs> and stir that shit up. Sounds like it's cement. It, it just well, it is, man. It's like it's just it's brick thick. mortar. Yeah, it is thick, right? And then you get a big ass bag of the not the regular size Fritos, but those big scoopable Fritos. Ooh. You dump that into a plate, and then you just turn the fucking microwave bowl of mush, just dump it on top of that shit. Add some sour yeah. cream and some hot sauce. God damn. Then th- the plus is. Oh my God! It is the most gross and awesome thing to eat. Yeah. The minus is if you just had like nine Jack and Cokes uh-huh. and that, I guarantee you that you are going to be go no nowhere anywhere near any human being oh. because your shit yeah. is the worst. I mean, you're just your you're you're Sunday morning and afternoon and early evening is the toilet. Your asshole is like a Roger Corman film. <laughs> I mean, it's bad news, man. It's yeah. bad news. Yeah. So, uh, so that's yeah, that's my favorite. I think my, I think probably my favorite drunk food. When which, I was oh, when I was so. in college and lived with uh, my buddy Chris Gallant, we he would we'd come home drunk from the bar, the, the apartment, wherever the fuck we were, we'd come yeah. home drunk, and he would make um, egg and cheese sandwiches, and it's just like white bread toast, yeah, a fried egg, American cheese, boom, and that probably is is better than the than the flash taco or the jack's pizza okay um i've gotten a little fancier with it over the years i'll throw you know some deli meat on there um maybe maybe some arugula a fucking hipster oh i just no i want to like no it's not the hipster thing you're such a hipster i'm hungry yeah and i'm drunk and i want to line my stomach a little bit better so if i throw some fucking turkey in there i'm getting a little bit of protein this is the thing hipster is i'm gonna line my stomach no, Normal person is, no. I'm eating some food. No. <laughs> Hipster is, I'm going to go to a gastropub. I get some arugula from my egg sandwich. You just said it. Come yes. On. But an alcoholic <laughs> is, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and fucking, I'm going to eat. Yeah. And then I'm going to try and eat I'm where I fill my stomach. I'm, see, but and you're, you're like slicing things. and you're I'm not, I buy the shit in the bag, man. Yeah, I buy some I'm buddy beef. Just, and just, this you know. slicing. It's like I just take a bunch of shit, whatever it happens to be, and I stick it in the microwave until I've, I've burned out all the <laughs> potential poisons, and then I eat that hot, nasty shit. That's, that's drug food. You feel I, I feel like I feel like you're like drunk Mario Batali. It's like, oh I'm gonna I would do this. No, and then we have a we have a dash. No, let's be of clear. Cilantro. Let's be like, very Jesus clear. Christ. This this uh, egg and cheese and slice of turkey meat sandwich is not a good looking sandwich. Like this is an ugly fucking this is not presentation, this is sloppy and gross. But it does a job because I'm hitting all the food groups. You know, I'm get I'm getting the see the, the bread. A drunk person doesn't think in food groups. A drunk person I'm thinks salt, the hole, man. fat, and chili. That's all the drunk person. But I'm getting thinks. the salt and the fat. I understand that, but you're also thinking about 
the four food groups and the the dash that's of just, cilantro. That's a happenstance. I'm not uh, thinking about this. I'm like, I, I've got shit in the fridge, and let's. What can I put on there that would be tasty? That's it. I'm you not, have arugula in your fridge. Yeah, because arugula is good. That's all I'm saying. You but are arugula is good. You, if you it's are there. you are a foodie, and I use my finger. Do not quotes. know. You are a no. foodie. No. Which Fuck is just foodie. very similar to douchey. That's all I'm saying. Oh, foodie is very douchey. I'm not a foodie. You're kind of a I foodie. I mean, look, if I don't have turkey or arugula at the house, I'm not going to piss him off. I'm not going to run out drunkenly to, you know, go grocer and pick up some arugula. I'm you know what my favorite it. lunch is? Euros? Like, no, my favorite <laughs> lunch. <laughs> what? If I can go to Mariano's and buy a, a box of chicken tenders, get a brick of fucking cheddar cheese... You and your fucking cheese, man. And fucking come home and slice the cheese up and eat the heat the chicken tenders up. That's a that is an absolute Neanderthal's dream in the processed world. There's no arugula. There's no cilantro. Yeah, except the Neanderthal's no dream. Sliced tomatoes. A Neanderthal's dream with a microwave is a fucking nightmare. Well, yeah. What? Well, yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's burning and the yeah. noise. Yeah, I, I got it. But I, I <laughs> here's the thing: is that you've told me that your mother taught you to cook, like to help with your independence. Yeah, but you gotta remember, we were poor as shit, so mom's big claim to fame okay. was Spanish rice, and Spanish rice was minute rice, <laughs> ketchup, hot sauce, and a green pepper. That's what Spanish, and we would have that three nights in a row. It's the word, I hated Spanish. So when, mom, when I say my mom taught me to cook, my mom taught me to use the microwave okay. and a saucepan. Yeah. You know, and I caught the, at least not, one Not at the time, same time though, right? Like. Didn't put the saucepan in the microwave. No, no, no. Okay. But at right. one point, I I think the reason we got a microwave is because at one point I actually did catch the kitchen on fire making popcorn. That's cool. You know, so uh, see, you were poor. See, and let me put my monocle back in. Um, yeah, we were very wealthy. <laughs> and Spanish rice for us was just when Rosa would cook anything. <laughs> It could have been steak. It was still Spanish rice. Yeah, yeah. well, we, what well, you called Spanish rice, we called paella. Yeah, right. Fuck off. Yeah. I've had paella. Katie have, makes a great paella. No, paella is good. Yeah. I said paella. That tells you how much I know. Well, it's all right. You, you ate it. You ate the paella. Yeah, you, no. It's no, paella. When I dated, when it's I past dated, tense. When I dated Crazy paella. Alice, I had, uh, she liked to make, that was one of the things she made was paella, and she made a really good paella. Yeah. But honestly, as much as I love the paella, Chicken tenders and cheese always wins. See, I think that my my foodie, if yeah, fuck it, I mm, I hate that fucking term. I hate those people. Yeah, I said those people. Uh, but I think that my my effort in <laughs> creating a, a a nicer version of because all everything you've said sounds fucking delicious. Yeah. Like I would, I'm. The, I, but if you were to put a pinch of cilantro on my fucking chili goo, cilantro does not belong on chili you goo. With a, Fucking bored. No, cilantro doesn't belong. Leave in that shit here. away. But I think it's 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 a functioning alcoholic's way of. All right, I need to I need to fight through of pretending you're not a functioning alcoholic. No, it's not that at all. It's embracing it. Oh, okay. It's all right, man. Like you can come home and you can pass out and feel like total shit in the morning, or you can stay awake a little bit and let this alcohol work through your bloodstream a little bit, thin out, and. Eat a decent sort so of meal. Words, like it's it's fighting through. It's managing like, the hangover. You're kind of like when it comes to you know, archetypes of drunks. Yeah. You're kind of like David Niven, and I'm kind of like Bukowski. Yeah, I wish it wasn't that way. That's yeah, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I that's think all so. I'm saying yeah. 
Yeah, I'm like a like a drunk Fraser Crane. Yeah, we're exactly you're a drunk Fraser Crane. You're gonna, we're both going to end up in the alley with our pants around the angles, but you're going to fold your coat up so you have sure. a pillow. Absolutely, going to use the fucking curb. Yeah, yeah. And okay. this is another reason why I say have a blazer at the ready because a blazer <laughs> a blazer comes in handy for a drunk because it can be a blanket, it can be a pillow. Yeah. It could be a cum sock. I was just going to say, it can wipe up cum. <laughs> yes. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say cum sponge, but cum sock works. It's yeah, well, either way. Cum sock is sort of a universal <laughs> yes. term that we all understand. Yes, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. In, in, our, in our archetypes, I have a cum sock. You have a cum handkerchief. Yes. A cum kerchief. And, and to be... God damn it. You know that I carry a handkerchief. I, yes, I did yeah. know you carried a handkerchief. I carried a handkerchief for a long time. You know I use my sleeve. That's fine. That's just, it drives my a, wife crazy. The reason I carry a handkerchief, though, is because, well, my dad and my grandfather carried one, and, you know, we learn things yeah, from yeah. Our, our people. Um, and, yeah, I said our people. I, well, I, uh, I got it. I got it. You but, met uh, the Jews. The, I don't have I those people. Yes. yes I'm I mean, Irish. Right. We're and dirty. They're not allowed to have handkerchiefs. I think that's the th- thing. Well, right? no, we, we would have handkerchiefs, except... It's used to wipe up blood. Exactly. Versus allergies. The fighting, right. the fighting and the potato <laughs> famine. We, right. ate, we ate our handkerchiefs because it was better than a fucking potato. When I lived in Las Vegas and I first moved out there, the, you know, the, the atmosphere is very dry. Yeah. And I would get a lot of nosebleeds. So I started carrying a handkerchief because I would have nosebleeds. And the worst situation was I had this communication class and we had a, a, um, a graduate assistant was the, the teacher, this fucking really cool guy. Um, he was into punk music, he had, you know, and we checked because he had all these punk t-shirts and these tattoos and awesome guy, I can't remember his name. Doesn't that guy care. didn't carry a handkerchief, you know that. Oh, I'm sure he didn't. Not a chance, yeah. But we were taking our final and I was sitting in the front row and I don't know why because I was not a front row kid okay. at all. Um, and I'm taking the scanner and I feel my nose start to run. I'm like, you know, I'm sniffing it away. And then it was a nosebleed building up and I just had this drop of blood <laughs> right on the sound, oh. on, the, on the Scantron. And I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck it. That never happened to me before. So I'm just like bleeding on my test. And I look up like, what the fuck? And the, the teacher's like, he saw it too. And he's like, uh, he's like, go. It's like, okay, so I went to the bathroom and you know, I got a bunch of sure. you know, toilet paper and everything and came back and he's like, here's a new scantron, use your old one, like fill yeah. in the answers again. Um, and so I started carrying a handkerchief because I would have nosebleeds, so it was always there to save me. But Maybe yeah. this is the frame of mind I'm in, but every story you and I are telling is is creating archetypes in my brain. You are Ferris Bueller. I'm the guy that goes joyriding in your fucking in Cameron's car when you drop it off and you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exact holy shit. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like we're both the equal asshole. Yeah, but but I'm, I'm just the, a little more polite I'm, about it. I'm I'm the white trash and you are the well dressed. Yeah. Yeah, holy crap. Yeah. That's very interesting. I just, just, <laughs> just like, as you're describing hilarious. the nosebleed thing, I'm thinking the only time I've ever had nosebleeds is when I got punched in the fucking nose. Yeah, I get it because I'm delicate. Well, I'm saying it's yeah. like dude, I don't. I, I wasn't gonna say delicate, but I. Yeah. But now that we've used the term, we'll go ahead and stick with yeah, it. Yeah, my nose is delicate. You know, there you go. It's, yeah. It works. It works. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Number my number one assignment. Assignment number one. Week, it's a watch. It's a watch. Watch Paterno mm. on HBO. Yeah, I've, heard, I've not heard great things about it. You've not heard great things? No. So here's the thing. So it's starring Al Pacino as uh, Joe Paterno um, during the like 
the week of the big story breaking about yeah. the child molestation um, <laughs> that Jerry Sandusky, yeah, one yeah. of his. Um, it's not an incredibly great movie, but it's it's good to watch because remember when that fucking shit happened. Remember oh. when that college and that love of fucking sports and football and our sacred cows uh, prevented us yep. from helping the, the victims okay. or, or eventual victims. So just watch it. It's like an hour and a half long, okay. 90 minutes. Yeah, give it Mine a is remember. remarkably also a sports movie watch. We like our sports movies. You know, we like our... And this is weird because it's a Swedish film. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to expect. The Swedes play sports? Well, uh, they do, apparently. Um, it's called Borg versus McEnroe. Oh, yes. And it, it's starring yes. Sever Goodnison mm-hmm. as Bjorn Borg. And I got to say, a remarkably good Shia LaBeouf. He's great when it's given to him. I'm telling you what, this is a great movie. It's not the movie I expected to see, <clears throat> but it's basically about the 1980 uh, Wimbledon. Right. And Bjornberg had won four in a row, and it was his opportunity to win the fifth. And John McEnroe was sort of like the big spoiler. Yeah. And he was the bad boy tennis player right. and got booed off courts, you know, and then Europe, the, the, the British hated him. Yeah. You know, because he was well, so ill He was a fucking asshole. He was an asshole. Yeah. Um, Cry baby little bitch. It is one goddamn good movie. Okay. It's, I highly recommend, Borg versus McEnroe, it it redeemed Shia LaBeouf in a way that I did not think was possible. Quick Shia LaBeouf story. Yes. I was drinking at uh, Pops for Champagne downtown in Mm -hmm. the Loop, and I don't know that's the Loop technically, but uh, River North rather, and uh, Shia LaBeouf was there, and I was like, oh fuck, that's Shia LaBeouf. I like that guy. I watched uh, Even Stevens, and eh, I like yeah. that movie Holes. Cool, all right. And he went outside, and he was smoking a cigarette. I'm like, I'm going to go, because I'm not like a, yeah, you're, you're I don't get starstruck, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Uh, but I just thought it would be funny, because this was at the same time, it was either right before or right after his, I think it was right before his Walgreens meltdown. Oh, Michigan Avenue. It was right Christ, before that. Yeah. So Shia LaBeouf was like becoming a big deal, and I'm like, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to not star fuck the dude. Yeah. So I went outside, and he's smoking a cigarette, and I said, Hey man, uh, can I bum a cigarette? Or can, I think I said, can I bum a square? I was trying to be as dorky as I possibly could. That I was, was like, oh dorky, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. And we're smoking. And I'm like, oh yeah, you come here often. He's like, oh no, I was just visiting. I'm like, cool, cool. Um, David, what's your name? He's like, oh, I'm shy. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 right on. Like I didn't fucking like know him did, at all. Yeah, yeah. And he, there was this moment where he was like, fuck you for not knowing me, but also. Thank, Thank you, you for yeah. not knowing me. Anyway, I had a smoke. I had a square with Shia LaBeouf. I took a piss next to Lauren Michaels <laughs> and uh, and Piper's <laughs> Alley when he was scouting for Saturday Night Live decades ago, and uh, I knew who he was instantly. And I did the thing you're not supposed to do ever in a bathroom: is I I I took a an eye spot of his dick, and he caught me. Good for you. And oh, I just don't That's even why know why you're I on did SNL it. now. I don't even know what I did, but dick. I looked at his dick and he saw me do it, and I went, oh, and I looked at him and I went, "Nice dick." <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I had. Yeah, fuck it. And he said, "Thank you." Zipped up, and I stood there and just waited for him to leave and go as far away from me yeah. as possible. Yeah. All right. So, what is your second, your number two assignment? My second is a listen. Uh, this is uh, listen to Ty Segal's. Freedom's Goblin album. Mm. 
Uh, this was pitched to me by a buddy of mine. We've been we've been sharing. We'll share music every now and again, and he said, "Give this a listen." And these are his words now. He's yeah. like, uh, "This record is all over the place in the greatest way possible. It's like Rubber Soul Beatles, T Rex Glam Scuzzy Power Ballad, Damn, and Dancy Post Punk. It's all, all over right. the place." And I gave it a listen, and it's fucking awesome. All right, I gotta listen yeah. to that. All right, yeah. I will do that. Mine is a list. Mine's number two is a listen. It's a podcast, of course. Uh, it is called the it's called Anatomy of Next. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's brought to you by the Founders Fund, and they're the guys that uh, the venture capital firm behind investments like SpaceX, Airbnb, and Stemcentrics. Okay, with episodes, and this is the thing: is the episodes. It's the topics range from like Fermi's paradox to breakthrough technologies, and the people. It's all about new technology. What's coming up next? It's really interesting. Okay. I mean, it's like deeply. If you're if you're fascinated at all about how technology is transforming humanity, this is absolutely the podcast listening. These folks really know what they're doing. It's very well researched. Anatomy of Next podcast. My last is a. It's a new one for the yeah. podcast. It's not a watch. It's not necessarily a do Uh-oh. or a listen. It's an educate yourself. Oh, Jesus. So it's like a subsect of do. Educate yourself on Chicago's mayor, Harold Washington. Mm. It was 35 years ago this slash last week that he was elected yep. as Chicago's first uh, African-American mayor. He's an amazing man. Black mayor. I don't know. I guess depending on what time yeah, period you want to talk he about. He's an it, amazing but, dude. Um, amazing dude who died in office, far too young, truly progressive. Yeah. Um, just educate yourself on that, dude. Mm-hmm. Just at the very least, go to the fucking Wikipedia page. Sure, yeah, just read but, read up on it, know about him. Yeah, yeah, yep. And mine is, I guess, mine's a read, but it might be to educate yourself. Um, I don't know if you read this, but uh, Molly Ringwald wrote a piece for the New Yorker yes. called "What About the Breakfast Club: Revisiting the Movies of My Youth in the Age of Me Too." If you hadn't been on vacation, I would have sent that to you immediately. Yeah, I read that, and that's where I read it, was I read it in Cancun. Yeah. And I am telling you, it is a great read, first of all. She's an incredible writer. She really is a it's good a, writer. Yeah, it's a it's really, really well-written well piece. Yeah. But it also really examines sort of her conflict mm-hmm. of being a part of what now, again, what we're talking about with the Apu is, you know, is, is the idea that here is a thing that's revered, mm-hmm. like the Breakfast Club. Yep. Well, and all, all John Hughes. Well, all John Hughes, really. but have real uh, issues to be had that are, quote, problematic, unquote. Couldn't, quote, couldn't make the movie today, unquote. Yeah, so, kind of yeah. thing. And uh, it's a really, really spectacularly good article. And it opens up a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts. And I, I really, I read it twice because I was like. Yeah, it's a great article. It's a really great article. So that's my read. Those are six things. Yep. This has been the Literate Ape Cast, uh, May seventh, Bug House. That's right. Um, we've got a good lineup. We've got. Uh, we always have a good. We lineup. always have a fucking great lineup. And uh, what I will say is, if you if you're listening to the podcast but you don't read the digital magazine, you're an asshole. <laughs> no, that's not fair. That's no, not fair. it's fair. Fuck you. Read. I will say then that's one of the things that I wrote uh, to all the apes, the shrewdness of our writers. Um, it was really exciting for me because I took the vacation. I took seven days off, and David took all the publishing responsibilities. And it was really a fucking joy to get up every morning 
to go have my coffee and sit out in the courtyard in 84 degree weather and see what was happening. You had no there. idea what was going on. I did not. Yeah. And so I was surprised every morning yeah. and it was always thought provoking and well written and interesting and I really liked it. So I love the fact that I like our magazine. That's good. It's, it's a good it's test. Such, it's, it's a good, a good test. test. That I, that leave, it, leave the country and then reliterate me like, you know what, this isn't so this bad. This is yeah. actually a pretty good yeah. fucking thing. So do that. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. Thank you.